The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. More than 40% of people in their 40s and 50s have both an aging parent and a child under the age of 21. Caring for people in multiple generations demands time, love, attention, and more. Welcome to Caught Between Generations with your host, Dr. Merrill Griff. Our program will bring you the information you need as a family caregiver for everyone for whom you care, with guest experts and resources to help you keep sane and organized. Now, here is Dr. Merrill Griff. Welcome to Caught Between Generations. I'm so pleased that you've decided to spend a little bit of time with us today. Thank you so much for sharing your time. So this is the season where we often feel grateful for so many things in our lives. It's a time of year when we tend to think more about others, and it's also the time of year where we tend to be just a little more giving. But then the holiday season is over. It's done. All right. And without that seasonal kind of kick in the you know what, what happens? Well, we return to our regular selves. I mean, not that our regular selves are so bad. I mean, we're most of us are caregivers and we're really good people and we're very caring people. But let's face it, we return back to, you know, just our regular habits. So what do we replace feeling grateful with? We it gets replaced with feeling fat, right? And overweight. Or we feel a sense of failure is once again we quickly fail to keep our new year's resolutions and yet we know you know the way that i felt during the season was really so much better i was feeling so much better when i was feeling grateful so the question then becomes how do i continue this feeling throughout the year how do i stay on this really good high throughout the year well, we may have some answers for you. Our guests today are Nina Lesowitz and Mary Beth Sammons. They are the co-authors of the book, The Grateful Life, The Secret to Happiness in the Science of Contentment. Let me take a minute and just tell you a little bit about them. So Nina Lesowitz produces literary events for Litquake, San Francisco's literary festival. I just love that, Litquake. It's a great name. She is also vice president of the Women's National Book Association, San Francisco chapter and this I like too because I'm a sailor. She's the Commodore of the Emeryville Yacht Club and she sails in the San Francisco Bay Area which if you know anything about sailing is not so easy. It's not so easy to sail in the San Francisco Bay and the name of her boat is Gratitude. So Mary Beth has contributed to various online health and wellness websites. She's a cause-related marketing professional who creates communication campaigns for organizations. And she is the author of 11 books uh, in the women's self-help and health and wellness fields, including We Carry Each Other, Getting Through Life's Toughest Times. Welcome to Caught Between Generations, Mary Beth and Nina. Thank you so, so much for having us. Uh, we have you. a lot to 
uh, learned from you. So, Nina, um, do you think humans have an ingrained negativity bias that we always tend to focus on and just think about the negative? Absolutely. And it actually makes sense because we come from hunters and gatherers. And back then, we were always scanning for threats. So if you think about it, we're wired to pay more attention to negative experiences. So we have to actually work to overcome that. We have to overcome our cultural conditioning uh, to focus on what we don't have and really work on appreciating what we already do have. And so we do have the ability to break out of that negative feedback loop. And the best way to do that is through focusing on what we're grateful for. So do you think that gratitude helps us really, I mean, what we're really talking about is kind of changing our thought patterns and rewiring Mm -hmm. our brains a little. I mean, can gratitude actually help you to do that? It's so hard to do. Absolutely. So, So, um, yeah, there's been, we wrote our first book um, about gratitude in 2009, and then our more recent one, The Grateful Life, came out a few years later after there had been numerous scientific studies that actually where people uh, practice gratitude, they wrote down things that they were grateful for, and they found that the groups that were doing that did Feel, they felt better, they had an improvement in health, they slept better, they, they um, had better relationships with their significant others. It just it goes on and on and on. So, yes, it helps people to rewire that uh, negativity bias, absolutely. So let me just play, as, as we say, devil's advocate with you. All right. And say, okay, so maybe there is that one study um, that showed that gratitude, you know, really changes things and it improves your health and it does all these other wonderful things for you. So it was one study. Is there anything more than just that one study to convince me that this really works? Mary Beth, could you? Um, Yes, there is. I mean, there's a uh, center in San Francisco at Berkeley called the Greater Good Science Center, and they're actually studying all the effects um, of gratitude on your health. So, um, and there's also doctors across the country that are studying this, and they found that, you know, it rewires you. You can actually beat depression through gratitude, um, and there's a number of other health benefits that come from gratitude, not to mention that you just feel better and everybody around you feels better when you're that type of person. Should I, uh, I can tell you about one study, uh, Dr. Seligman, who is a pioneer in the positive psychology movement and his colleagues at the University of Pennsylvania, they did a study and found that gratitude is a powerful antidote to depression. Um, after these uh, people that they were studying started practicing gratitude, 15 days later, 95% of the people said they felt significantly less depressed, um, and their scores went down by 50%, which is equivalent to improvement seen with medication or psychotherapy. That's amazing. amazing? Yeah, that's amazing. So just 
just to make sure we're all on the same page, define gratitude for me because maybe our listeners are listening to this and thinking, well, I'm not quite sure that I really understand what they mean by this. Um, well, for me, it's it's different than simply saying thank you because you've received something from somebody and then you just feel an obligation to say thank you. Um, when we talk about having an attitude of gratitude, we're talking about really consciously setting aside time um, to work on being grateful, perhaps for just the small things. Um, if you go through life constantly thinking about your to-do list or what you still want to achieve or what you or, or some, something that somebody did to you that you're resentful about, then you stay in this sort of negative frame of mind. Whereas if you are constantly thinking about your blessings in life, even little small things, like for instance, just the fact that we have access to the internet, which, you know, gives us the world at our fingers, or the fact that, you know, it's raining today. Yes, you may have to adjust your outerwear but the thing is is the rain you know it 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 feeds the trees and the plants and you know so just having an attitude of gratitude um puts you in a frame of mind where you're appreciative of everything and then once you're in that state more good things are because positivity attracts positivity, whereas negativity attracts negativity. And that, there are a lot of studies about that as well. So, Nina, let me ask you a, a question that I got from, uh, actually, I had many emails about this um, topic uh, when the announcement that you were going to be on the show came out. And that was a lot of our listeners are struggling with um, estrangement issues. Um, there's a lot of unhappiness and sadness um, in negative relationships between parents and adult children. Um, does does gratitude have any impact on that? And and if it doesn't, in what way could it possibly impact that? Oh, huge, huge. I mean, just everything that I just said before about instead of focusing on what we think is lacking, it's similar in relationships. If you're constantly thinking about the ways in which you wish somebody would change, then you are creating distance, but if you say to yourself, you know what, yes, those things exist, but however, what I'd like to do is just spend a couple of minutes thinking about what I like about that person. So it may be that that person has a sense of humor, and so you focus on what you appreciate about that person, and it can completely transform relationships. I mean, similar to when you look at your child and instead of looking at your child and thinking, oh, why didn't they do this today, or their room's a mess, or look at their hair, you know, instead of doing that, think about what they were like when they were a baby and how, you know, appreciative you were of of the fact that they had their health, and, and you just get back to that sense of appreciation for um, for other people, whomever it may be, and it can seriously transform your relationship with them. You know, I would think that same advice goes to adult children because Mm -hmm. some of the adult children I see in session are always thinking about the negative, all right? Mm -hmm. And And when I push them to tell me something positive, and I have to push 
suddenly they they come up with things, you know. Right. Oh, well, you know, we really enjoyed this. We did this together. We did that together as a family. Or I remember when my mom did whatever she did. But there is that tendency, you're right, to always think about it in the negative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? so we give in our books, we give people exercises and practices to follow, just as you do in, in your uh, work that you do. And so once people start doing it, it really makes a difference. But you have to do it. That's the key. We only have um, a minute left before break, but one of the other emails had to do with, well, you know, fine, you know, there's supposedly scientific evidence for this, and this all sounds hunky-dory, but, you know, my feeling is, this email came from Jane, that, you know, people are just, some people are lucky and some people aren't. Um, mm-hmm. And I found it interesting, there's a section on your book on what really are lucky people. Can you talk just very briefly about that? Meredith? Hello? Oh, I'm sorry. Either one of you. Nina? I'm sorry. Um, Okay. So, we, yes, we do talk about that because some people look at other people who have um, benefits, you know, and blessings in their lives and they think, oh, they were just born lucky. But that's not true. We have to create our own luck. And how do we do that? We do that by focusing on positive feelings. So for instance, if you focus on gratitude, which is actually the very the easiest practice for getting to a state of happiness is by appreciating what you already have. Um, when we do that, then other people are attracted to us. I mean, if you, it's, it's really very fundamental. Uh, when you go around complaining all the time, then people don't want to be around you. But if you, if you tell other people what you appreciate about them, and if you are mirroring the, all of the good things that we have in our lives, then, then more good things are going to come to you. It's just, it's, it's, it's just a very, very easy equation. You know, it's pretty basic. This is Caught Between Generations. This is Meryl Griff, and we're talking today to Nina Lesowitz and Mary Beth Sammons about their book, The Grateful Life, The Secret to Happiness, and The Science of Contentment. When we come back, we're going to be focusing on finding gratitude in caregiving. Stay with us. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. At SarahCare, we provide daytime activities in health-related care for seniors who need assistance and support during the day. It is 101 activities at home by dinner. While we pride ourselves on the quality of our care, the Sarah Care Way sees beyond your loved one's needs to understand them as a unique individual. We care for individuals with chronic diseases, memory loss, stroke, Parkinson's disease, or those who may be feeling depressed and isolated. Our program is designed to encourage seniors to remain involved in activities of their choice, customized to meet their interests and abilities. Our outings include lunch at favorite restaurants and trips to the movies, concerts, or shopping at a cost that is less than five hours of in-home care. Your family member can attend one of our centers all day and be cared for by professional nurses and activity assistants. Transportation and financial assistance is available. Call 1-800-472-5544 today to learn how Sarah Care can 
can help or visit us on the web at saracare.com. That's S-A-R-A-H care.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. are listening to Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to drmerrill at caughtbetweengenerations.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. And we're talking about gratitude and how a grateful life can really help us have a much happier, just just a better life, um, at, and how you really can achieve that. So, Mary Beth, uh, I want to talk a little bit about finding gratitude in caregiving because um, I hear you've been a caregiver. I was a, a caregiver for my mother for many years after her stroke. Um, and as as wonderful as it is that I was so happy that I was able to care for her in my home after her stroke, it, it's exhausting and it can be stressful and it can be hard. Um, so would you mind sharing with us your personal experiences with that and, and how you found gratitude in the midst of sometimes, I think, very difficult days when you're a caregiver? Um, okay, I took care of both of my parents. I'm the only sibling that lived um, in the town. I live in, outside of Chicago. And um, both of my parents were in their 80s, and they became ill, and I became their primary caregiver. Um, and, you know, it was really tough because I'm a single mom. I have three teenagers at the time and young adults. They were in college, and um, they lived about 50 miles from me, so I was on call 24-7, plus trying to work a full-time job and be a caregiver. But um, it was very, very stressful, but then because of this book and because learning about gratitude, I was able to stop and see the beauty in it, that it was actually a gift for me to be able to sit. Um, you know, you're, I'm a frantic, stressful person. You can tell even by today that, you know, my schedule's busy. But caregiving allows you to be in the moment, and it forces you to be in the moment. And, um, and so that time I started to see as gift, that is, even as hectic as it was, I was able to be with my parents, and and my other siblings didn't experience that, and so I got to spend time with them and get to know them, um, and I'm still grateful for it. It was sad and it was hard, but it's time that I got to know my parents, you know, a lot better. You know, it's interesting. I was reading your book, and I was thinking through my own experiences um, in... Um, and I didn't care for my father quite as long. You know, it was only about six mm-hmm. months, um, but much longer for my mother. And I was thinking about it, and I thought, you know, not only I agree with you, did that give me sp- special time with her, um, with just her and I, um, which became very, very special to me. But by that time, I had already moved from working with young children and families to working with seniors at Saracare, and it changed my work. Um, mm-hmm. It made me much more aware of what caregivers feel and what they think, um, and it and I changed many of the programs um, that that we do um, based on my experiences with her. Um, and so I was grateful for that time with her. 
you know, you're right. Yeah, so, I've learned, you know, I think I've learned that, um, and it's common in families, you know, usually one a daughter steps up or somebody, um, and I... And when I started, I'll be honest, I think I was kind of resentful that it was me and, you know, where's my siblings and why am I having to do this all by myself? I'm single. And, um, but I've completely switched the way I view things. And now both of my parents have passed on. And I have an aunt who never had children. She was my mother's sister. And she's an extremely high-maintenance patient, to say the least, extremely. And, um, but I... I view it differently that, you know, people around me go, how do you do it with her? She, you know, she calls you 24 hours a day. And, um, but, but I just look at it like, it's sort of like something, it's a stripping away. And I look at it like I have the opportunity to take this person when they're, to be with this person when they're vulnerable and to provide a little bit of joy or a little bit of support when they are so vulnerable. And it's a gift to me and I'm grateful for it. But, you know, 10 years ago, I would not have thought that way. I really wouldn't have, but I, I see it differently. And so, um, I don't know if any of either of you have seen the movie Collateral Beauty, but it just came out and it kind of is that concept of out of something that appears, feels like a life changing catastrophe event. There's still this beauty and this gift in that. And that's kind of how I view um, what caregiving can be and spending time with your loved ones. Beautiful. So now that you've you've mentioned that, I'm going to skip ahead to something. And, and um, Nina, you know, can you give us an example, for instance, of how gratitude has helped people who are in crisis? Because I think whether the crisis is, you know, suddenly you're in a caregiving situation or the or even the loss of a loved one, I, I would think it would be very, very difficult um, to practice gratitude in those types of situations. Yeah, no, but so many of the stories in our book, as you know, um, are, are interviews with people who have experienced some of the worst of what life can throw at you. I mean, we've interviewed people who have lost a child, uh, people who have gotten a diagnosis of cancer or have lost their house in a fire. I actually lost my house in a fire. I went through a divorce. And so um, what many of those people, though, reported to us is that they found their way to happiness by cultivating gratitude. It's really fascinating that um, what some of those people said is that gratitude was their lifeline. So when they started to give thanks for other people, for the people who helped them get through whatever hardship they were going through and, and people who were there to help them rebuild their lives, they found that their lives started to improve. So that's what Mary Beth and I really loved about um, writing these books is that it shows you that in the end, you know, it's not about focusing on the fact that you never got to do this or got to buy that or, you know, it's really about appreciating the people around you. And when you um, are able to do that, I mean, nobody wants anyone to go through a crisis, but of course life is full of them. Um, But when people go through that earlier in life rather than at the end of their lives, they are able to get in touch with those important lessons. 
You know, what about, though, more, let's call them chronic situations? You know, so someone has cancer and it, it lasts for a period of time, it goes into remission, then it comes back again. Or someone who has a child who with a severe learning disability or maybe is autistic, those are chronic situations, they're ongoing. I mean, how do you find and practice gratitude in those types of situations? Well, um, Mary Beth, you interviewed some people like that, and that's yeah, similar to what I was saying, um, people who are living with chronic illness. So, for instance, one of the people that we interviewed in the book is someone, a young man who was in college who lost his eyesight, okay? So he was a very active young man. In fact, um, he was a year older than my daughter in uh, her school, and so she knew of him. And, you know, situationally, when we we were young, we used to think, oh, my God, what if we go blind, you know? And, And when you go blind, you can focus on everything that you don't, that you can no longer do. And But instead, his story in the book is just all full of the things that he's so grateful for because he went on with his father to become a champion golfer, believe it or not. I mean, he and his father do it together, and he also now gives talks uh, to, to groups of young people about overcoming this type of a challenge. And so what he says is that he's actually so grateful that these are things that he always wanted to do anyway, and now he was able to achieve them, and he's so full of appreciation. It's just so incredibly inspiring. So, you know, somebody that's in chronic pain, well, yeah, I mean, it's hard to be grateful when you're in pain, but... Um, you can definitely m- mitigate, you know, your misery by being appreciative of the times when you're not in pain or for, uh, it's just, uh, what do you think, Mary Beth? Um, I think that that's, I think that that's true. I think gratitude, you stop looking at things like, woe is me, uh, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's in this, it's kind of what I was saying about my parents, like, yes, you're stripped away, you're sitting in someplace for 24 hours or you have a child, you know, that has a chronic ailment and, you know, you have to, they're in a wheelchair every day you're going back to, um, you know, the emergency room or, um, and you have to just, I think it, you have to make some kind of peace with yourself and it's, you know, you're a therapist, but it's kind of like loss and grieving. You have to grieve that part that you wish or the expectations you had but once you get over that and you accept the situation as it is, you can start seeing, like, I'm so lucky that I was the person chosen to have this person in my life or to take care of this person. And, um, and, and the other thing that happens is you, the other stuff that seems important to other people, like money or, um, you know, great job, when you, with the people we interviewed in the book, people that lost that, and I actually when we were assigned the book I had lost my job and my father had just died and um, I was writing a blog about being with him in hospice and our company was sold um, the company that I wrote the blog for and we all lost our jobs and so it was challenging like I'm supposed to be writing a book about being grateful and I just lost my job Um, 
So it's up to you as a person to try to grow and mm-hmm. to try to incorporate that inside of the way you think. Um, and, and you can accept to do that or you can't, you know. You know, right, what you said about have... growth is huge because, I mean, many religions teach that suffering is part of the human condition, but it's our reaction to that suffering that makes the difference. So when we, um, when we focus on uh, our blessings, then we are growing psychologically, you know, instead of just thinking that we're cursed then that doesn't allow for any type of growth or, or any type of happiness or yeah. any type, right? Right, right. I mean, we've talked about, you know, people viewing themselves as victims um, before mm-hmm. and how you just end up in a dead mm-hmm. end. All those thoughts right. when we come back, we're going to be talking about does gratitude have a role in the workplace? And then we're going to get to how do you really do this? How do you really become more grateful? You're listening to Caught Between Generations with Meryl Griff and Nina Lesowitz and Mary Beth Sammons. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Where's your dad? What's he doing? You'd know if he was at Sarah Care Daytime Senior Care and Activities. You'd know he's enjoying a full day of cooking, computers, yoga, golfing, and he's home by dinner. You'd know Sarah Care LPN and RN Nursing Care is with him to ensure he gets the right medications at the right dosages. You'd know. How's your dad? He's just fine. At Sarah Care Daytime Senior Care and Activities. Call 330-451-6108 for one free day of care at Sarah Care. Do you understand what really needs to be done for your health? Or like many, are you mostly letting what you hear and see in today's media dictate your healthy lifestyle? It's time to get focused. There is a reason why cancer, heart disease, chronic fatigue, hypothyroidism, and other illnesses are running rampant in our world. Ganino Wellness Radio with Dr. John and Linda Ganino will show you that there are easy, preventative, everyday steps to get you back on track. Listen live every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. are listening to Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to drmerrill at caughtbetweengenerations.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. And I am here with Nina Lesowitz and Mary Beth Sammons, and we're talking about gratitude. So, Mary Beth, does gratitude have a role in in the workplace? I mean, in this age of corporate culture and health and wellness, I mean, how does gratitude fit into that? 
Well, I think more than ever, um, I used to be a business writer um, for Crane Chicago Business in Chicago. And um, I think more than ever now, we need gratitude in the workplace because everybody's so busy and people are losing their jobs and everybody's so stressed. And you know how you feel when somebody just says, thank you, you did a good job? I mean, money and salary is great, but when somebody takes time to just say, I really appreciate you, you were a great team member. Um, we couldn't have gotten this business done without you. You know, they, it really, really makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah, I hate to bring this up, but, um, but let me that demonstrate just... that when people, when bosses and supervisors do appreciate their employees, that th- there's increased productivity within the organization. It's really amazing and more commitment toward the organization. How do you how do you balance that? Because I would agree with you. I mean, I you know, you know, we have a large operation. We're in eleven states, and you're right. You know, um, when people are appreciated, um, they do feel better. I mean, it, it there's no doubt about it, and and they do become more productive. Um, but, you know, one of the complaints um, that I hear, I hate to bring this up, but it's true about the millennials, is that they constantly want, um, you know, they constantly want recognition. They constantly want appreciation. Um, and one of the complaints the millennials have, of course, um, about the other generations, especially the boomers, is, you know, they're never forthcoming, with appreciation. They think it's your job, you ought to appreciate you just have a job. Um, so why do I need to say thank you um, to that? I mean, where is the balance in that, do you think? Well, the- um, you know, we, we do write in our books about people who have made it their jobs to go and talk to managers about ways to appreciate uh, their employees more. And, yeah, that is a real difference in attitude. Um, I, uh, both Mary Beth and I are baby boomers, and we came up during a time where you're just supposed to be grateful that you had a job, and then we raised millennials, right, Mary Beth? So, yeah, we're, we, we see that very, um, very intimately. But... Um, I think that what you do is you train the managers in ways to acknowledge their employees. And uh, it just, it will increase not only the happiness of the employee in question, but even those who, there have been studies about this as well, people who just observe that happening in the workplace. You know, it's just, it's amazing. I mean, even the people who just observe someone else being appreciated will in turn uh, respond with a greater commitment to the organization. And, and there's so many great examples. Like you can just put up a bulletin board and have people post little post-it notes up about uh, what they're, you know, they're grateful for the fact that the cleaning person took out their garbage that morning or someone made coffee uh, without being asked or that sort of thing. And, you know, in my own personal experience, my daughter um, has heard me talk about gratitude so much. And so she and I, every time she talks about work, we uh, we, we preface and, you know, everything, and we conclude everything with the fact that she is so... Um, 
fortunate, you know. I mean, we, we just really emphasize how fortunate she is that she ended up in a job that she loves. And I think that that contributes to the fact that she does uh, continue to love her job and she's enthusiastic about it. So I think that parents can really make a difference with their children by constantly talking about, you know, how, how, great, how there's much to be grateful for instead of encouraging their children to try, you know, to, to try and compete harder or to do this or to do that. Or to be more negative. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, actual tips, tips and practices. So I've been listening to the show. I'm like convinced at this point, you know, okay, I really want to try to practice gratitude in my life. I'm feeling like maybe this will really make a difference for me. I mean, how do I do this? How do I begin to, to practice and cultivate, cultivate gratitude in my life? Um, well, this is Mary Bass, and one of the things that I we talk about this frequently, and one of the things in the book is um, gratitude is like exercising. It's something you have to make a practice, and you have to make it a habit um, if, if you really want to fine-tune it. And so one of the things that I do is I keep a little journal next to my bed, and a lot of people we, we interview do something similar. And I write down at the beginning of the day three things that I hope to be, that I'm grateful for as I face the day, you know, that I have a job, that um, my son's third child was born healthy, um, that my aunt maybe gave me one day off and I'm not, I didn't have to raise her, you know, take care of her that day, or that she has another day of health, you know, and that she's made it through without another crisis. Um, and then at the end of the day, in the same notebook, I'll write what I was grateful for that day. And it might have been a really you know, it could have turned out to be a really stressful day. A lot of things happened that you didn't expect. And, um, you know, I had to stay late at work or like today, you know, I wanted to leave early for the holiday. And But um, I, write, I find the blessing in the day. And then even if I forget, you know, on a day where I might be on vacation and I don't have my little notebook next to me, it's just become a practice for me that I mm-hmm. do, even if I'm not writing it down, I just, if something bad is happening, I think, well, what's the good in this? You know, what can I find that's good? Or I'll just see the good without even asking myself, you know, like, um, so, so that's you know, it, one practice. It, it's interesting that you talked about that, um, going to sleep or waking up in the morning, um, because Terry sent us an email um, that I picked up on the break that asked, how can gratitude help? with insomnia I as I'm getting older I have a terrible problem um, either falling asleep or sometimes I'm up at two three in the morning and I can't get back to sleep can gratitude help me with this problem perfect yes Uh, we wrote about that in one of our books um, about the uh, gratitude practice of going through the alphabet and I do this because I've always had a really bad problem with insomnia. So what you do is you start with the letter A, you know, you know, and whatever comes to mind and you think about what you're grateful for. You're grateful for apples, for instance. Of course, that's the first thing that everyone thinks of with the letter A. But um, And then you come up with something that you're grateful for for the letter B. Of course, I only get through 
I don't know, a third of the alphabet before I fall asleep, but because it's calming me down, first of all. Second of all, it's just a wonderful exercise because it helps you to practice gratitude. And it works. Love- I'm telling you, it works in helping you to fall asleep. Go through the alphabet. I, lo- I love that. I mean, did you, did you ever get to X? I really want to know. Did you no. ever get to X? <laughs> no. <laughs> and if you got to X, what would you be grateful for? <laughs> X-rays. <laughs> oh, you know, right. And then you just, you're grateful to live in the 21st century where we do have advanced medical care. So there's Same. so much to be grateful. You know, I mean, I just read this thing today about the fact that if we eat three meals a day, we are far better off than the one billion people on the planet who eat once a day at most. Isn't that amazing? So it just goes to show you that there's so much that we as Americans take for granted. Or, or I know that your show is listened to internationally, so there's so, just so much that um, the more, you know, that certain countries uh, take, that we take for granted. So much. One of the other... Right. One of the uh, water. You're right. One of the other tips that we talk that you talk about in your book has to do with um, a person who you call Beth. And we may not be able to finish this completely, but as a former play therapist, I found this very interesting. And in that she found the cultivation of play um, a way for her to bring gratitude in, into her life. Can you describe that a little bit for us? Um, actually, that person. It's me. <laughs> um, oh, it's you. <laughs> yeah, me. And um, and actually, I was in the middle of caregiving, so it's kind of appropriate. And my mother um, had been very, very healthy. She was 87. And, you know, she had had heart surgery. She was fine. They called her the bionic woman. But she suddenly became very ill, and um, it turned out she had cancer that, you know, ended her life within four months of diagnosis. So she went from an active, vibrant person to a couple months in the hospital trying to figure something what this was. Um, and at the same time, I had a four-year-old granddaughter, and um, my son and daughter-in-law were, you know, be kind of making their way, um, and I was helping them babysit sometimes and juggling my mother and juggling being a grandma. And I would go with Riley to, you know, the forest in the winter, and we would make snow angels or to the beach, um, you know, and, and or just go to a park and swing on a swing. And it was just like the sheer joy that, you know, you just can let go, the, the idea of play and embracing play and forgetting, you know, putting the other stuff on a shelf for a minute. This, you could just have this moment where you were okay. And it was my lifeline. It really, and it helped me then I'd go back to take care of my mother and there was so much sadness, you know, in somebody finding out, that they were really in the end stages. And um, and I was able to see that differently, too, just because the play opened up my eyes to excitement and light and joy. 
So I will just piggyback on that and just say that sometimes even planning the play, planning an activity you're going to be doing with, let's say, your grandchildren or nieces and nephews or whatever, such as, you know, making food paint and painting cookies that you're baking. Um, just sometimes even being grateful and saying, oh, I'm so happy that I'm, I'm able to do this um, with the children and just planning that really works. So thank you for sharing that with us. We have to take another quick break. I'm so sorry about this, Um, but we will be back and we're going to be talking a little bit about more tips uh, for bringing gratitude into your life. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. At Sarah Care, we provide daytime activities and health-related care for seniors who need assistance and support during the day. It is 101 activities at home by dinner. While we pride ourselves on the quality of our care, the Sarah Care Way sees beyond your loved one's needs to understand them as a unique individual. We care for individuals with chronic diseases, memory loss, stroke, Parkinson's disease, or those who may be feeling depressed and isolated. Our program is designed to encourage seniors to remain involved in activities of their choice, customized to meet their interests and abilities. Our outings include lunch at favorite restaurants and trips to the movies, concerts, or shopping at a cost that is less than five hours of in-home care. Your family member can attend one of our centers all day and be cared for by professional nurses and activity assistants. Transportation and financial assistance is available. Call 1-800-472-5544 today to learn how Sarah Care can help or visit us on the web at sarahcare.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-Care.com. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Merrill at CaughtBetweenGenerations.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. I'm Dr. Merrill, and I'm here with Nina Lesowitz and Mary Beth Sammons. We've been having a really, really great show um, and talk about being grateful. And I am so grateful that you turned that off. Thank you and muted it. <laughs> um, but be, while we were on uh, break it offline, we were, we were talking about various ways you could practice gratitude in your life. And you started talking about um, a community that put together a gratitude project. I, and it was amazing to me. Can you describe that for us? Sure. Um, it was a a community on the East Coast, two moms of um, junior high-age children decided that they um, wanted to help teach their children gratitude, which is uh, something we get a lot of letters about. People ask, well, how can I make my 11-year-old grateful? That's a challenge, yes, but um, they, they kind of did it in a fun way. Um, they got their, I think it was one of their children's teams or something, and they um, got a local shop owner to a place where the kids hung out, got them to have a thing on a Saturday where anybody that came in got a post-it note and they wrote why they were grateful and wrote it on the window. And then they became infectious in the town. People, some shop owners let them use, you know, uh, erasable marker and write on the windows. And the school 
said they were going to do a project. So it just blossomed from that idea. It became infectious that people just loved writing why they're grateful and reading why other people are grateful. So it can be inspiring, too, when you think you're having a pity party and you see, like, someone's grateful, um, you know, because they got a pair of shoes for Christmas when someone else wants an iPhone. You know, I think that is really a fabulous idea. Um, um, I, and actually, I think I'm going to take this idea and use it um, in in my centers and pass it on to support groups. Um, because if they could start out that way, if they could either post it or they could start out saying something that they're grateful for, I think it would change everybody's attitude um, and make them feel better. Um, instead of always focusing um, on, you know, what's hard and and what they're what they're struggling with at the time. So thank you. Um, yeah, I'll, and volunteering also helps us to become more grateful. Tell me about gratitude rocks. I mean, it makes me think of pet rocks, um, which was a big. <laughs> if you're old enough to remember those, okay, um, they were a big thing a long time ago. But what is what's a gratitude rock? Mary Beth, did you want to take that? Uh, sure. Um, uh, Mary Beth, uh, so gratitude rocks, uh, we write about collecting and giving away gratitude rocks, but also um, we also talk about keeping a gratitude rock in your pocket, and every time you feel it, think of something that you're grateful for. So it's just it's just a tool. You know, it's interesting to me that I um, have a friend, actually, we, we only see them uh, once a year. We all go to the Shakespeare Festival um, in Stratford, Ontario, in Canada. Um, mm-hmm. They're from Chicago, and we all converge once a year at the festival. Um, and she's going through a very difficult time right now with her husband. But she has taken to giving away um, at times, you know, those little stones that have mm-hmm. uh, like a word on them, you know, mm-hmm. that, that say thank you or love or whatever. Um, and she'll hand them to you and say, I wanted to give this to you and she'll tell you the reason why. Um, and it was so touching to me. She gave mm-hmm. me one last summer and I hadn't thought about it, but I do keep that with me. And and when things get a little difficult, I you know I'll kind of touch it and think about that time, um, and you know and how grateful I am for her, um, mm-hmm. and in the midst of her own sorrow, you know that she could dig deep enough to do that for someone else. It exactly. it was really amazing um, mm-hmm. to me. So let's talk about achieving your dreams. Can gratitude help you achieve your dreams, and and how how does that work? Yeah, we definitely write about um, the fact that gratitude attracts abundance. I mean, that's, you know, been a hot topic for a while now. And w- the reason why it does is because it uh, you, you, you're setting intentions and also you're in a positive mind space. I mean, I when I go to park my car, for instance, I think about it positively. I think, well, you know, I mean, here I am. I'm in my comfortable car, and I'm going to get a spot close to where I'm going. And invariably, I do. But other people that approach it with this really tense mindset end up, you know, just 
fixated on the fact that they didn't get that ideal spot and they have to drive around the corner. And so I just think that when we're in a state of appreciation for what we have, then it helps us to attract good things. And it's really, it's really, uh, so much has been written about that. It's really, really true. So, um, Nina and Mary Beth, this is this has been a great show. You've given us lots of uh, great tips. So, if people want more information, if they want to learn more about practicing gratitude, how would they do that? Do you want to do that individually, or Mary Beth, Hello? want to start with you? Well, we have a Facebook page, um, and our the Grateful Life, and um, and a. The Grateful Life, and then also um, we each have our individual Facebook pages with our names, and our book is available on Amazon. Um, but if you, we have a blog on our Facebook page, and if you write to us, we write back. So um, that's probably the best way, and we're very responsive to people. And and people can actually write to you. They can actually email you. Yes, that's so we unusual. Can email but- on Facebook. You know, I mean, they email on Facebook. Right, right. Yeah. That's, that's great. You do have another book I just want to mention, which is um, called What Would You Do If You Knew You Could Not Fail? Can you just quickly share with us, you know, how that book relates to gratitude? Um, well, we wrote that in between. It's it's a similar format in that we interview people and then we give practices and, and ideas. And so that one was about also achieving your dreams by overcoming fear. And in it, we interview people who have been through um, really bad experiences and we we learn from them how to how to just you know, go for it. Like, just whatever it is that you want in life, you know, here's examples from other people who teach us how to achieve what we want out of life. So there, there, there definitely was some overlap between uh, achieving your dreams through practicing gratitude and also through overcoming your fears. Thank you so much for being with us today. Once again, it was Nina Lesowitz and Mary Beth Sammons, The Grateful Life, The Secret to Happiness, and The Science of Contentment. Thank you so much for being with us today and sharing just great information. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. So I always ask you to do just one thing for yourself this week, all right? Just one thing. And so this week, I'd like you to consider choosing your first step towards practicing gratitude and becoming more grateful. You know, it's it's like any other change. You know, it's a journey, all right? It's hard sometimes. But journeys always begin with just one step. So choose that first step. Do it this week and practice it all week. You could choose to tell yourself just one thing for which you are grateful, like before you go to bed or like Mary Beth and Nina said, first thing in the morning or look, you could do it while you're in your car, you know, in line at a drive through And instead of getting frustrated and angry and upset, you could be sitting there thinking about, well, but wait a minute, you know, what are the things that I have in my life that I'm really grateful for, you know, and just suddenly I can just feel myself just becoming so much calmer. So those times that you get frustrated, maybe those are your times that you remember 
remind yourself or you can practice gratitude. This is Dr. Merle. Uh, our new website, up. It's mobile friendly, so I hope you take a look. And I hope you're listening to our Facebook Live. And keep e- emailing me at Dr. Merle at Call Between Generations. I love getting your emails. Take good care of yourself. You're very important. Thank you for tuning in to Caught Between Generations with Dr. Mel Griff. Our program is live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We hope to see you here next week. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america health and wellness channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericahealth.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network it's staff and management.